everybody, and welcome back to another episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Cook. Miles, it is game night! The Edmonton Oilers are set to take uh, face-off against the St. Louis Blues tonight. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm tired. Uh, started work today a lot earlier than normal, 6 a.m., big road trip, um, and then crushed out the day. Um Little little behind the scenes tidbit for the folks at home. We're recording a little bit later than expected because somebody forgot their laptop at work and then had to go immediately back to work and get it. And then their computer decided to do an update. So, uh, yeah, we're coming to you live. Um, Oilers are probably going to be dropping the puck uh, momentarily in St. Louis. About so an good. hour from now, we're good. We got time. An hour from now? Yeah, because it's only eight oh seven here, and they don't. I don't. I believe they don't start till nine. Oh no, they're playing in St. Louis. Yeah, oh. bro. They, they were gonna be momentarily. Was, oh, was not I'm a... an idiot. Yeah, they did start. Oh shit. Okay. Well, that's fine. Whatever. So you're you're gonna get some live reaction from yeah. the lads here today. You're getting a little uh, one for one plus one. Call it three, th- three for something. No, call it call it Oilers plus. Oilers plus. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna get sued. <laughs> Good thing we know some lawyers. Nolan, I didn't ask. How are you? Are you good? Uh, I'm good. We just got dumped with a ton of snow today, which is not you guys ideal. Get that, you guys get that big wet stuff out there, hey? Yeah, but it, you know what was nice, though? I did. Uh, I, I pulled a vet move today because I wanted to make sure I got everything on my driveway nice and nice and cleared. I don't want to have I, my least favorite thing about uh, shoveling the driveway is that extra shit that gets caked on underneath the snow. You know what I mean? Like when you shovel yeah, the snow like, and there's that bullshit underneath. So I didn't even pull my truck walk in on the, it or drive on it. Exactly. So what I did is I didn't drive up my driveway. I instead walked up the hill up my front yard walked into my house went to the back got my shovel through the house and then came back around and then i shoveled freshly i didn't even walk over it so i got this nice oh it just it looks beautiful it looks like i made street art that's not even a a vet move that's like that's a dad move thank you that's dad behavior and i respect it and respect is something you can't buy but what can you buy you can buy um um a new laptop something (laughs) (laughs) yeah you can buy a new laptop and you should buy a new laptop because how else would you be able to track all of this oilers action that we've had in the past little bit oh we're back we're into it we've got a a nice little episode for you we got four games to go over some good nhl stuff some oilers shit rockstar of the week and something that we're really excited about nolan and that is um some rec laws slander um it's been a little while since we've done that no i'm kidding we're more excited i love that you put that in the rundown like the hey guys just so you know we're gonna be talking about the rec loss today (laughs) it's a bit that's been going on one for one for a little while and i know we we usually get some good feedback from it so if you're a rec loss stan stay tuned because it's going to be fun for you um, but what we have that we're actually excited about is a new game that we're unveiling today called categories oh yeah so that's gonna be a good one we're looking forward to it lots to get through lots to talk about so what what what's the hold up here we should just get going and why don't you get us going with a little bit of summertime sadness well miles whoever doesn't know the streak is over and if you didn't know, you're living under an actual rock. Uh, because the Oilers, 
The Oilers dropped the game three. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Because it's old news. It happened it's, a while ago. It's old. It's old, it's, it's old. It's old news, guys. Come on, come on. Um, it's, uh, with a three nothing loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so, like I said, streak is over. Uh, Oilers look to make it 17 in a row and tie an NHL record. They enter the fortress of the Las Vegas Golden Knights with a plethora of Oilers fans in the building. Let's cut the pleasantries. We know how this one ends, and we all hate Vegas. Aiden Hill starting versus Stuart Skinner. Both goalies playing really well pre-All-Star break and hoping it continues into the back half of the year. It gets my goat that Eichel was hurt, so the NHL sent someone else who wasn't from the Knights to the All-Star game. Imagine being the defending cup champs and having no All-Star representation. They gave gave them the Hawks treatment. L-O-L. This is more of an NHL chirp, uh, but not as much of a Vegas chirp. Petro, Stone, Hill, Theodore, Marshy... Carlson, none of these guys were a better fit for the game than Thomas Hurdle, Boo Jenner, or Frank Vetrano. Noted uh, number one all-star, Frank Vetrano. No? Okay, Gary, get back to business. Back to business with a short break post All-Star events. The world's greatest player, Connor McDavid, goes uh, goes on a two-on-one with Leon while on the PK. Takes a feed, cross-crease, houses it. one nothing Oilers. Vinny D would also get an assist on the shorthanded tally. That was actually a sick pass by, by Vincent DeHarnay. Guy's looking like freaking Drew Doughty out there. Uh, McDavid from Leon and Vinny D, one nothing Oilers. However... Nick Waugh would even things up late in the second, his 10th of the year, 1-1 heading into the first intermission. Sorry, late in the first, I should have said earlier. Uh, Shots at the end of the first were 13-8 for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, and there would be no goals in the second period. Caden Korzak takes a slashing penalty at 6-16 before the penalty could expire. Warren Fogle took a holding penalty at 17-48. Then the teams played 4-on-4 for a little bit. Next thing you know, the second is over. Shots in the second were 12 for 8 for the Oilers, bringing the game total at this point to 21-20 for Vegas. Still 1-1 where it matters most. Third period starts off with a bit, with a bad bang because Chandler Stevenson scored his ninth of the year. This one coming 124 into the th- into the period, 2-1 Vegas. But the guys got plenty of time. They got plenty of time to get this done, right? Right? Well, the Oilers would battle throwing 11 shots on Hill in the final frame, but couldn't solve the cup champ. William Carlson takes advantage of the empty net, giving the Knights the 3-1 lead and officially snapping the streak at 16 wins. Shots finished 31-26 for the Oilers. Oilers won 52% of the faceoffs, went 0-1 on the power play, killed both penalties they took, and put 19 hits on the Knights. Stewart Skinner stopped 23 of 25 for a 920 save percentage. Um, yeah, a tough ending but a very good game that the Oilers played in this one. Uh, I mean, Aiden Hill needs to be drug tested after this game. <laughs> confirmed. Confirmed <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, he absolutely crushed it. Uh, it, it actually, it, uh, I, I think that a lot of people have said this, but beside, like, because Canada doesn't exactly have, I, I didn't even add this to the notes, but uh, uh, surprise is the NHL players are going back to the Olympics. Hopefully, let's Yay. see. Um, Aiden Hill should probably be the starter for Canada if, if in fact, all goes to plan and the Olympics happen, right? Like, probably going to happen? I think probably, and yeah, I think Aiden Hill is uh, at the top of that short list for goalies for Team Canada. Guys played unbelievable, and yeah, tough one for the Oilers. Worth mentioning in this game, they lost 3-1 to the Knights with no Eichel or Theodore, so... A lot of people on Twitter were saying like, oh, this is playoff caliber hockey. Um, 
Vegas is going to have two very, very good players if and when they do meet in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it's uh, Oilers are going to need to find another gear if they're going to be able to to hang with these guys or make an acquisition or or whatever it may be. I, I do still think in a seven-game series, the Oilers are going to throw a couple at them. But we saw last year uh, how it went against the Knights in the playoffs and um, goes to show you got to have a little bit more oomph when you're playing a beast. I just think at some point they have to be able to crack the dam that is Aiden Hill. Like it, it, it's this guy is not Connor Hellebuck. Like he can be broken. So I think it's just a matter of just continuing to play your game. I think if you were to play that game they played seven times, Oilers probably come up victorious on a few of those. Right? Like they they played a really great game. So um, not to sound like too much of a stat guy, but I do believe that the deserve to win meter was like seventy one percent for the Oilers in that one. Ooh, adjust your glasses on that one, there, Miles. Yes, I'll give you a little glasses shake. So uh, Oilers got a lot of juice. And uh, we're going to get to some trade talk with the Oilers, uh, not immediately, but later on in the show. Miles, Following the game. What? Yeah. Would you, do you, do you want to take the next one or do you want me to take the next one? I got it. I'm, I'm queued okay. up. Okay, perfect. Go ahead. So post Vegas, they get to go to SoCal where it's a little bit of a childhood game that we like to call <laughs> Duck Duck Kane. 5-3 win versus the Ducks February 9th. Oilers fans are feeling a little down after the end of the streak, but a trip to the Honda Center against the faltering Ducks on a Friday night has got to be the recipe to write that, right? Nauber, he changed up the D pairings here, electing to go with Vinny D nurse pairing, Ekholm Bush pairing, and CC Kulak pairing. <laughs> Interesting. Let's see how it plays out. Stu gets the night off, and in comes Captain Picard. Let's get to the pulsating action. And that pulsating action was a horribly flat first period that saw Cam Fowler open the game scoring at the 1840 mark on a Ducks power play. Shots were 13-9 in the period for the Ducks, and the Oilers look flat. The second period would tell a different story. The Pest line, that Dreisaitl, Perry, Kane line, went to work, and teammate of the year and all-around good guy Evander Kane pots home his 16th of the season at the 9-11 mark. George Bush hates to see that of the second period. Assists to Corey Perry, his first point as an Oiler, if I'm not mistaken. You would not and be it's mistaken. a 1-1 game. You're correct. Ryan Strom, Oilers legend and brother of Dylan Strom, who is not playing in this game. Dylan Strom is a member of the Washington Capitals, but is the former teammate of Connor McDavid when they played in Erie together. Again, he's not playing in this one. His brother is playing Ryan. Ryan Strom is playing in this one. Um, and he scores, and it's 2-1 Ducks. So Dylan Strom scored? No, Ryan. I know. I understand. It's confusing. There's so many brothers. So Ryan played with Connor McDavid in Erie. No, 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 no. Dylan of the Capitals played with Connor in Erie, coached by Knobloch. But I also thought Ryan played with Connor in Edmonton. He did. He did. So there's just so many connections. <laughs> Hands hand shaking left, right, and center. Um. So again, Ryan Strom scores, not Dylan. 2-1 Ducks. But back come the pests. Again, teammate of the year and all-around good guy, Evander Kane. He gets his second of the game. Assists here to Leon and Kulak. That's a point for Alberta. And it's a 2-2 game heading into the third. The third period fires up. And holy shit, I can't type all this again. But Ryan Strom, brother of Dylan, scores his <laughs> second of the game. Um, he has a brother that plays in the NHL too. Look it up. 3-2 Ducks. 
Nolan, we need a hero. We need someone to summon their inner King David and defeat this Goliath of a hockey team that the Ducks are proving to be. So we turn to our son of Israel and author of children's books, Zachary Martin Hyman, who gets his 31st of the year. Again, children's author, noted, assist to McDaniel, and it's a tie game midway through the third, 3-3. Two minutes after that, Connor and Bush would find Leon on the power play for his 24th goal, and more importantly, for the 4-3 lead. Empty net merchant, but we call him teammate of the year and all-around good guy. Evander Kane scores his third of the night on the empty net opportunity, assist to Coroner McDavid and DR, a Carhartt point, 5-3 Oilers. Put a bow on it, Oilers back in the win column. Shots on goal finished, 32-27 for the Oilers. Oil went one for two on the power play, uh, and they got caved in on the PK, allowing the Ducks to go two for two. Oilers won 53% of the draws. Kane, our first star, Strom, brother of Dylan, Ryan, not Dylan, because Dylan wasn't playing tonight, gets second star. And Leon, third star with his two-point night. Picks, Captain Picard, he was in net, stopping 24-27 for a .889 save percentage, but improves his record to 6-2-0 on the season. Shout out to the boys. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this, this was, they got so lucky in this game. I think it's pretty obvious. Like, they're lucky that they pulled their bootstraps together and, uh, and they were actually able to, they were actually able to pull this game out of the can because it was, it was looking pretty rough there. Um, Chris Knobloch's D pairings were, um, for lack of a better term, horrendous. Uh, that, that much can be said. And I do not have to revert. It was so bad. Oh, it was it was it was like they immediately realized the plan was not was not going together, and they <laughs> abort mission. Abort mission. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's like every one of these it's like every one of these players just kind of did the did the. I don't even know. I don't even know what any of this shit is. Like it was. I don't know it, what I'm doing, but I'm scared. Yeah, exactly. And so I think the idea of it, though, if I'm putting my like my conspiracy hat on is Mr. Kenneth Holland probably said to Mr. Chris Knobloch, well, probably more Jeff Jackson. Cause I don't know how much Ken Holland's actually running the show right now. Uh, I feel like one of them probably said to Mr. Knobloch, um, Chris, we are entertaining ideas of what we might do defensively. And we need to see how these D pairings look. If we decide to move things around a little bit, um, could we maybe see if Cody CC works better on the third pairing? Could we also see if Vincent Deharnay can play top pairing minutes? And, uh, the answer was an astounding, uh, no. <laughs> so do you, think it went, do you think it went like that? Or do you think it was more like Chris? Can I call you Chris? Do you mind if I call you Chris? Like, I feel like there's just a lot more pleasantries there. You know, I hope they're on first name basis. I hope they're not using misters. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I I, th- I think it is probably it is probably on a first name basis. Um, I, I feel like Jeff Jackson. I don't know if you've ever watched like a Jeff Jackson interview, but he's pretty funny. Like he's pretty like, um, because I don't know if he'd be technically a gen- no, he would be a Gen Xer, but he's like he's like a he's like a pretty like lib Gen X where he'd like walk in with his glasses and he'd be like, "Hey, Chris, yeah, um, so we're just gonna we're 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 kind of exploring the trade market here, and uh, I would like to see if we can, uh, you know, maybe put some guys in some different positions so that maybe we can explore some 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 trade value down the road. Uh, do you think it could make that happen for us?" And Ken Holland just sitting there playing a fucking Rubik's cube. No, he's definitely playing Gardenscapes, just like a fun game on his or, phone or a crossword puzzle. <laughs> oh yeah, he'd be no, he'd be a pen and paper like Sudoku guy. He's buying them in the airport and stuff. 
<laughs> Do you know what I was thinking about? I don't know why this randomly popped into my head, but like I, I was just like thinking about Ken Holland making me upset and thinking about him signing guys when they after they go on like shooting percentage heaters and thinking to myself they put that shit in the guide and record book and yet he still signs these fucking contracts so he doesn't even have an excuse <laughs> where he can't say well the guide and record book told me otherwise and <laughs> all unconfirmed one, pen and paper guy one thing is not like the other <laughs> um anyways one thing is not like the other, because uh, this next game was not like the last. Uh, no. Big Save Dave is the hero of the day uh, with a 4 nothing loss to the L.A. Kings. Uh, Oilers head into Crypto.com Arena for a Saturday date with the L.A. Kings, a team and fan base who have had some negative things um, have had have had some mean things said about them recently. Uh, the Kings are fresh off of firing Todd McClellan, and I'd like to go with Dave Rich between the pipes for this one. Oilers counter with Stuart Skinner. Let's giddy up. First period sees snow goal score, but 10 LA King shots to five Edmonton shots. Fuck, fuck, fuck. A rough run in the first, uh, as the ch- a rough one in the first as the teams trade penalties. Vinny D and Leon for the Oilers, England and Grunstrom for the Kings. Neither team was t- able to take advantage of those uh, 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 of those plays. Second period, um, this is uh, where it gets young, yummy. Because remember that guy who was in Columbus and didn't like it, so he was a pouty bitch and got traded to Winnipeg? Then he didn't like it there, and then he was a pouty bitch again, and then asked for a trade and then went to L.A. Then in L.A. he signed a huge deal, and he's been playing like poop on that deal. Well, that guy who shall remain nameless scores his 11th of the year to open the game up at two thirty at the 238 mark in the second, uh, making it one nothing Canes. And I am absolutely fuming. 59 seconds yeah, after... Not- yeah, yeah, we're just not going to talk about him. Uh, 59 mm-hmm. seconds after he who must not be named scored, 37-year-old Trevor Lewis scores his seventh of the year and the retirement home puts the Kings up to nothing. <laughs> That's very funny, Miles. Um, Oilers put 11 on the Kings in the second, but it actually makes it sound like they put 11 goals on them uh, in the period, but cannot solve Dave Riddich. Remains 2 nothing Kings. Third period, fuck it. Quinton Byfield scores his 15th and 16th of the season in this frame. Q, Q chain hanging from his neck like a girl in your grade 6 class that went to Ardeen's with her mom at lunch break and came through with some new ice. What a dumb fucking chain. NFL players walk around iced out making one-handed grabs and grittying over the corpse of the guy. They, they just highlight reeled. But Quinton Byfield is out here with a Q chain. The opportunity for swag here was so high and he fumbled it by just not having me as his personal stylist. Me being Miles Fuchs, you live in LA. Just call Ben Baller. Sound like you're. <laughs> Can you read this for me, Miles? Yeah, you know, I mean, like, opportunity for swag here was so high, and Quentin Byfield just fumbled it by not having me as his personal stylist. You live in LA. Just call Ben Baller. It, it's not like you're in Kansas. You have no excuse for lack of drip. I don't even care that the Oilers are losing. I just don't want to lose to the Sultans of swaglessness. <laughs> Quentin Byfield, Dave Riddich, and Mikey fucking Anderson. God dang it. Sultans of swaglessness. So yeah, uh, Byfield puts two in, makes it 4 nothing Kings, and that's how it would finish. Oilers put 26 on Riddich, who stopped them all for his fifth career shutout. Skinner stopped 22 of 25 for an 880 save percentage. Kind of tough. Uh, Oilers won 52% of the draws and went 0 for 4 on the power play. It went 1 for 2 on the PK. Out hit 32-23. 
Kings were hungry to impress their new coach and just flat out beat the Oilers that night. Not great. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that there's more much. That more much. More much is a really effective use of the English language. I don't think that there's much more you can say about this game. It sucked. It stunk. They got fucking kicked out of Crypto.com Arena. Horrible name, by the way. And um, really disheartening game to watch on a Saturday night. Yeah, I I was. After the crazy ending to the Senators-Leaf game uh, just before it, I was looking forward to this game so badly, and I was also, once again, with friends on the weekend, and it was very nice uh, to every—because everybody knows I'm a big Oiler fan, and they all— Wherever I go, they decide to put the game on for me, which is incredibly nice, but also uh, very silly on their part because they just get to deal with a very angry neural. Um, but uh, I was also called neural multiple times last week, and Miles, I, I, I hope you're happy to know that. I'm glad. I'm glad to know that it's alive and well, and that the folks out east are taking care of you, um, yeah. giving you the royal treatment, and and not uh, allowing you to skip games. Because a few seasons ago. Uh, might have gotten no might might have not watched that one and you you would have been better for it mentally but the show would have suffered and i'm I'm glad that you, you noticed quentin byfeld's chain in that game right uh I, I i did i was not trying to think about it too much i was just more so thinking about the uh, cold sad reality i was living in which is the fact that they um the person who shall not be named actually scored a goal against the edmonton oilers that is what we call karma and if Queen Taylor has taught us anything. Karma is my boyfriend. Karma is a Q chain. Karma is but a that being... tight end on the Chiefs. Yes. Yeah. But that being said, we get to go onward and upward as the Oilers return home for <laughs> Connor's six-piece combo, an 8-4 win versus the Detroit Red Wings on February 9th. Ken Holland's favorite team is in town, and boy howdy do you hope the Oilers are able to win this one versus a Detroit team that's been playing some really good hockey lately. Skinner versus Ville Husso. Let's get going. Oilers open up the scoring. Leon Dreisaitl says, spank you very much and gets his 25th of the year. Nurse and Cece get the apples here. one nothing. Oilers. Huso, who we just talked about, would be injured on the play. Sad face. Don't like to see guys getting hurt. But that makes way for Alex Lyon to enter the game. And I wrote in the notes here, say it like the bare naked ladies. It's been 127 games since Sir Codith Cece scored an NHL goal, but a knuckler in the first gets past line and the Oilers are up two nothing. Big McSist. McSist. Yeah, that's, that's a phrase. That's, that's a new one. That's a phrase. McSist number one to Connor and Nurse also picks up a point. Leon takes an interference penalty, setting up the wings on the power play where Sens legend Alex DeBrincat scores uh, from White Cane and Cider to one Oilers. Can I say that? White Cider or White, White Cane? Cane? Who's, who's, oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I think that's probably okay. It's probably fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll with it. So yeah, yeah that's, no, that's uh, okay. yeah. So Patrick Kane gets the assist there. We call him by his name. Yeah. Uh, second period, Evan Bouchard. So fucked. Scores his 12th, McAssist, number two of the night, and Nuge also gets one, 3-1 Oilers. Then the Oilers start to play like complete dog shit, and Joe Valeno scores 3-2 Oilers. Then the Oilers keep playing like dog shit, and a turnover in the neutral zone turns into White Kane getting wide open and scoring to make it 3-3. Nice! But the Oilers wake up in the third, 
for a scoregasm kind of game. Dylan Holloway would give it 110% to score a diving goal 44 seconds into the frame. Boosh and Mick assist number three. Oilers up 4-3. Nuge, he hasn't scored in a while. Let's see him get one. His 13th of the year gives the Oilers that 5-3 lead. Mick assist number four. And Bouchard gets one as well. So and fun. Then the children, so fun. And then the children's author, Zachary Martin Hyman, what wouldn't be an Oilers game if we weren't talking about him, gets his 32nd goal assist to Leon on this one, 4-3 Oilers. Back to business, teammate of the year and all-around good guy, Evander Kane. He's going to score one here. Assist number five for McDavid, and Vinny D gets one too. Oilers up 7-3. David Perron would score for the Wings, Oilers legend, to put a Band-Aid on a bullet hole and it wouldn't be much longer until Nuge would get one more to double up the Red Wings. This goal coming at the 1747 mark, giving McDavid his sixth assist of the night. <laughs> Holy fuck, career high for the con artist. Oilers threw 36 shots at the Wings goalie combo, and the Wings threw 38 at the skin man. Oilers dominated 60% in the dot, uh, didn't get a power play, so they were uh, all scoring on even strength tonight. And yikes, they went one for three on the PK, so that means that the Red Wings scored two. Oilers threw 29 hits to the Wings 23. Stu was 34 of 38 for a .895 save percentage in the game, which doesn't look like a terrific number. But um, given how the Oilers played in the second, how they were able to uh, go into the third tide, got to give big big ups to Skin on that one because he uh, he helped play them into a position to mount the comeback. So big 8-4 win against the Red Wings puts the Oilers on the win column and puts them into the game against the St. Louis Blues, which we've mentioned is going on right now. It's one nothing Blues. I was uh, just about to halfway through the that. first. Uh, thanks, Robert Thomas. <laughs> yeah, shout out Robert Thomas. Yeah, I uh, wanna push you around. Um. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's real like really sick game. It was qu- quite possibly one of those dominant periods I've I've ever seen a hockey team play, which was the Oilers in that third period. Because holy shit. It's like everything they put on net, like almost all went past Alex Lyon. So that's pretty incredible. Um, And I mean, the crazy thing about Connor McDavid is that that was six, five on five points. That was, he didn't even use the power play. So no more power play merchant jokes about uh, both the Oilers because they're doing it. Their even strength game this season has been very, very good under Knobloch. So We look it's, at that. We love that shit. It's not. It's not so nice as they're uh, down in shots six to three uh, with eight minutes left to go in the period, and they're down one nothing against the St. Louis Blues. That's not so nice. Can we talk about know. something that is nice? I'd love to. Uh oh, it's time for an ad read. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Tonight's Friday, February 16th. There is only one game on the docket for the NHL. Thanks a lot, NHL. Uh, and it's uh, the Coyotes versus the Hurricanes. Uh, the Hurricanes, a. Uh, perennial playoff contender and the coyotes i believe are seventh are they, are they are they seventh in the central i think they're seventh in the central they are not very good yes they're seventh in the central uh they will most likely not be making the playoffs um so maybe you're feeling a little uh puck line action you can get uh arizona or sorry you can get the hurricanes on the puck line at plus 124 i tell you this every week there's all kinds of options. If you're feeling a little frisky, you can do something else. You can do whatever you want. So 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccbg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks in the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024, all rights reserved. As we move into the Oilers shit portion of the show, uh, big shout out here to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He is playing in his 851st game as an Oiler, 851 in the career, and all in the Oilers. I like to say that. That will tie him with Mark Messier for third most in franchise history. Ryan Smith would be next on the list at 971. And then Kevin Lowe is currently Mr. Oiler at 1,037 games in an Oilers uniform. Nolan, at a 70-game pace, Nuge will pass low in three seasons. So something to keep an eye on that Ryan Nugent Hopkins could become Mr. Oiler. One of my, this is a very, very, very Homer take and a very like sentimental take is I actually believe that Nuge is one of the like true untouchables in this team. After what he went through uh, early in his career and, the shit that he's put up with from a franchise perspective, the fact that he hasn't pulled the pin and asked to leave makes me love him so, so much. And he's just like, he's not a star and that's okay. He's not a, he's not a star in this league and that that, that's fine. He's just a good player. And that's all, that's all we've needed from him. And the fact is I brought this up before he took a discount to stay here. Like he took a big discount to stay here and that's so admirable and it, it just once again reinforces my my thought of like this guy is going to go down as a, as a franchise legend. And could we in 10 years, could we see Nuge's jersey being retired if they've got a couple cups under their belt? Maybe alongside Leon and Connor? I mean, that's wishful thinking and hopeful thinking, and I'd sure like to see it. But first and foremost, why don't we do a quick trip down memory lane? The Oilers drafted the babyface assassin first overall in the 2011 NHL draft. In his 850 games, he has 247 goals, 432 assists, and 679 points. We love you, Nuge. Keep up the good work. Heart emoji. Yeah, I I I, I love this player so much. He provides everything. Provides uh um provides a lot of help offensively. He's just good defensively there's just not much else to say he's like the ultimate swiss army knife it's it's so nice you can play him at wing you can play him at center uh you can play him on the power play you can play him on the penalty kill um you could just have him have have him as your guy have have him as a nice vibes guy he's just he rocks i I love i love nuge Um, and a new dad too so shout out shout out to nuge and his family yeah, and a guy I really think whose career is going to age wonderfully. Like, I think he's going to be 38 years old and still be really good at hockey. Yeah, had 100 last year, and I mean, yeah. down year for him points-wise this year, but still playing great hockey, as you mentioned, and um, just just a cornerstone of the team. Um, Absolutely. This isn't, a, this isn't a shit on Nuge take. This is just something that I want to include because as a, as a, if, if you're new to the show, 
any opportunity to bolster the greatness of Connor McDavid, we're going to do so. Again, 679 points in Nuge's 850 games. Um, Connor's six-point night against the Red Wings gave him 600 assists on the career. So uh, just while we're taking a Nuge memory lane trip, it's also a nice measuring stick of how lucky we are to watch Connor McDavid play hockey. Even if you're not an Oilers fan, just like appreciate what you get to see absolutely every time this dude yeah. every time this dude touches the sheet it's it's it's, it's a, magic it's an electric factory he's he's the i mean we say this all the time but like oh my god i'm pretty sure i have austin matthews on my bench and he just got a hat trick fuck <laughs> um, we don't say that all the time that's uh, not something that comes up on the show a lot i think that was more just the uh off the cuff of nurls i hope so anyways um no i i mean it, it, we we say that like i i've said this a few times but like i genuinely believe he's the most talented player to ever play in this league um and what he does on a night-to-night basis is just remarkable fuck yeah let's go uh leon tied her up on the power we got play. the points uh leon it looks like from connor i don't know who got the first assist on it i literally have the game streaming on my phone in front of us no can you call that off. multitasking or what couldn't yeah, even I'm tell sure. could you i couldn't um, know because you're just so dialed would you, you mind if i I rip through these two quick because it leads into your third point and then we can talk about it all together let's go let's go baby so Frank Saravalli, who said some dastardly things about um, Sidney Crosby during the All-Star break, we so won't talk stupid. about that right now, uh, is linking the Oilers to Kraken winger Jordan Eberle. Apparently the deal, according to Frank Saravalli, who doesn't know fucking shit, um, would see Lavoie to Chicago to act as a cap haven while Seattle would get Edmonton's first. Um, so the first question that we're going to pose in the follow-up segment to this is how would you feel about a possible Everly reunion in Edmonton and then now for the real insider per Elliot the Oilers are going to make a home run swing at the deadline he sees the prize piece as Jake Getzel from the Penguins again his opinion Uh, worth noting that Jake Getzel left Pittsburgh's last game with an upper body injury and is currently being evaluated for the severity of said injury so Nolan's eyes, 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 trade targets. So, Miles, with the bad Jake Ensel news. And this name has been floated out here before. But then there's been some kind of cold water thrown on it by Elliot and a few other insiders. But, uh, Miles, I don't know if you noticed. Did you, did you notice that, 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 the, the, uh, that an NHL team just named a new captain today? Today or yesterday? It was either today or yesterday. I can't remember. One of these last Are they an days. orange team? They are an orange team. So, yeah, I saw that uh, Sean Couturier got named captain of the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Few flares. Yeah. And, uh, that's that's not expected. There there were some rumblings about somebody else being named captain. And that's, that's a little surprising that this other player wasn't named captain. Who well, was how, that other player? How would you feel about Travis Konechny? No way. So Travis Konechny has another year left after this. He makes $5.5 million. His name has been floated out there before. But then Elliot's... Did he get an A? I think he's always had an A. I think he's had an A for a while. Um, But the thought from what I can gather... I, I could be wrong. I'm not a Philadelphia Flyers fan, so I don't know. But like what I could gather, at least on like Twitter and stuff, was that 
Konechny was the one that everyone's like, yeah, this guy's going to be our, this guy's going to be our next captain. And it's a little surprising that they did not have this guy as their next captain. Um, Stoffer seems to talk up Travis Konechny. Um, the Oilers have been linked to Travis Konechny. The Oilers have also been scouting the Flyers a shit ton, whether that's for Sean Walker or Scott Lawton or whoever, but Travis Konechny is a Philadelphia Flyer and then is a team that the Edmonton Oilers have been scouting a lot. Um, I mean, if they can get, tra- if they can somehow pull off a Travis Konechny trade, that is literally the forward version of the Eckholm trade from last year. Because Ken Holland has been on the record multiple times saying, I only want to trade my first if it means that I get a guy with term back. It's not, no, it's like, that's, that seems like it makes sense. No, for sure. Because going back to that Everly trade for a second, like if they give their first round pick for Jordan Everly, I will throw a fucking fit. Like that is not the player that we're going to be spending a first on or that I want to see them spend a first on. Here's my problem or my concern or my question about a Konechny deal. The Flyers are third in the Metro. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't see, it's not like they're bad. So I don't see why they would make that move right now. That doesn't make sense from their perspective to trade one of their best guys going into the playoffs. I think it's also, I mean, you have to remember too, there's a lot of the season left and I think it all depends on what Daniel Barrier believes is the plan. I don't think you can look at this season and say, we can expect this much success going forward. Like we, they have to look at it in a realistic point of view. Like this team is not, you don't want to make the mistake of treating a um, a C plus team like a B plus or A minus team. I think what Daniel Breer is looking at is like, okay, I need to take advantage of these guys that are having either career seasons or guys that whose whose value is very 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 high because at the end of the day they want to get younger they want to develop young talent and they want to build out this roster. Um, Konechny is still young and I I totally see that point and I and, and I totally get that. I think it's just I just think there's a lot of there's just a lot of smoke around that player and. Once again, I wouldn't have said anything if 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 he was if he was named captain, but I do think that captaincy has something to do with it. I I genuinely believe it does. So I I could very well be wrong. I I could be talking out of my ass, but I like I said there's been so much smoke around Travis Konechny that I just I feel like it could be a thing that happens. And at the end and like, you know, I haven't taken a look at the standings right now, but I know that they're third in the metro. Um so they're so yeah yeah no no i know i that's what i mean is i i meant to say like i know you just said that they're third in the metro that's what i meant to say um so they're six points ahead of new jersey uh new jersey's got two games in hand they are uh seven points ahead of the islanders um and then so i mean they do have a pretty decent grasp but you have to believe I still kind of believe in the Devils a little bit, man. I just, I just kind of, I just kind of see it. I just think that the well, Devils are really good. And also, once again, I hate to say this, you have to. Fuck, I'm not going to live this down. The Pittsburgh Penguins have only played 50 games, and they are nine points, or sorry, 11 points back. I get it, but 
that's easily a team that could go on a massive run. So there is something to be said. Like, I don't want to. Travis Konechny would love him if he was an Oiler. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to fan the flame of what you're saying too much to sound uh, like one for one is the pinnacle of delusion, like being delusional. Um, but there is something to be said about like looking at the Ekholm trade that got made last year because up until the trade happened, nobody thought nobody thought that Ekholm was even totally. available, right? Yep. yep. So there is a parallel there where like Oilers pro scouting is sneaky nice with it, where they're able to find these deals or find these guys that don't really look like they're movable or like on the market and pull something off. So is there potential? Sure. Um, I would be very surprised if it happened, but I would be extremely happy if it happened. Yeah. My biggest fear is that we find that this is a Rasmus wrist align and trade and I will I will set fire to my Edmonton Oilers jerseys. <laughs> I oh, please God no is all I have to say. Um, yeah, but I, 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 I mean, we're gonna get to a piece of news a little bit later when we talk about our NHL shit. But a certain guy got fired, so I think that kind of means open business for a certain team. Um, yes, sir. In which, uh, dog? I'm thinking. I've been thinking a lot lately. <laughs> Well, while you think, why don't you tell <laughs> us something else that you think about a certain Oilers player, perhaps talk, a spotlight. Let's talk about a prospect. Let's talk, and he's not really a prospect that much anymore. He's just basically an old man playing in the... He's, he's a young old man. Let's put it that way. Uh, playing in the what AHL. Does that mean? Well, he's a young <laughs> old man and the fact that he's a seasoned prospect. He should be in the NHL now. Uh, defenseman Philip Broberg. Uh, a, a much... A young old man. Of a much maligned name and or a much divisive name, I guess you should say, in the Oilers fandom. Uh, who the 20, uh, 2019 first overall pick uh, since being sent down, he's been tasked with the role of playing the number one defenseman in Baco. Uh, admittedly, took a little while to get the statistical production going, but from what you see, um. Uh, Bruce Kerlock is a really good follow on Twitter. He watches like every like every Condors game, and he does uh, he does a lot of like prospect breakdowns. Uh, he's watched Philip Broberg and says that Broberg looks like a completely different defenseman uh, since this last time being sent down. Uh, and so, but uh, what was I saying here? Uh, anyways, uh, since the beginning where it wasn't so great, uh, he's been like lights out. Uh, he has 10 points over the last 10 games while playing in all situations, even strength, power play, penalty kill, and being like, he's playing top line, top pairing roles in those instances. So he's on the first unit power play, first unit penalty kill, and he's absolutely munching minutes. I think he's he's probably playing around 25, 26 minutes a night down in Baco. Um, Just a horse. Oh, he's the, he is the definition of a horse. Not the literal definition, but the the metaphorical de- hockey definition of a horse. Um, the tid the team did go six and four over that stretch, uh, and he j- did just recently get injured. But if you expand that to the previous ten games, the team's thirteen and seven uh, with him in this role. Uh, and it, I mean, you have to factor in though, man. Like the prospects in this team, the young guys are not scoring. Um, Xavier Borgo the other day uh, got demoted to the fourth line. So that's not good. Love that. Yeah, you yeah, you love to see that that your 2021 first or first round pick is uh not panning out as you expected. Um but ultimately like oh uh oh 
uh, okay, thank God it was Nuge. I thought Cody CC just scored again, but it was uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has made it 2-1 Oilers. Let's go. Um, anyways, it, it's, it, like I said, you want, uh, you want a lot more out of your young prospects because like you want that you want them to show up and you want them to give you a little bit of, of, of excitement offensively. Uh, and I think Philip Broberg is doing his best with what he's got around him. And, uh, to be completely honest, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of the coaching staff down in Baco. Uh, so hopefully that is something that's changed over the next little while. Um, anyways, back to Broberg though. Uh, he is on his last year of his entry level contract. Will be an RFA this summer and uh, next year, guys, waiver eligible. So this kind of feels like the time to bring him back up. Uh, so with that being said, Brett Kulak, maybe. If he's a chip, if he's a trade chip, uh, Cody Cece, I, I don't know. But uh, they have to figure out a way to get Philip Broberg back in the lineup because you have to see what you have before uh, before the time runs out. Yeah, That ELC would look nice on the cap situation for the Oilers heading into the playoffs as well. So uh, shout out to Broberg. Hopefully he gets it figured out. We're, we're big Broberg guys here. I don't think I'm ready to say die on that yet. And uh, worst case scenario, if it does end up, that he is used as a chip in a trade. Um, if he doesn't come up, you know, if they use him as a bargaining piece, the um, fact that he's playing really, really well in Bakersfield recently is very nice in that regard as well. So shout out to bro. Hopefully we see him living it up on the Oilers because you always want to see your homegrown guys do uh, do well. So shout out, shout out to bro bird, man. Absolutely. Uh, blues look like they tied it up, but now it looks like they're reviewing it. Uh, not quite sure what's uh, what's going on with that. Oh, it's uh, end of the game here. Let's see if they scored. The Blues did... It did not cross the line. Yes! Okay, they did not score. We're good. 2-1 Oilers. Anyways. Perfect. And that, that takes into the intermission, correct? Yes, you got it. Which is great because we have reached the categories portion of the show. And this is one I don't want to interrupt it because this is, this is going to be a fun little game. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm glad you're excited because, uh, yeah, this is one that I was excited to do as well. Nolan, the game is simple. I will give you three players with something in common. There is an easy, medium, and hard level. You get one guess for each level. That's it. For example, if I gave you, like, John Lennon, Ringo Starr, and Paul McCartney, you would say that the Rolling ish, Stones. That the similarity I'm is I'm just kidding. There's Rolling Beatles. Stones. Beatles. Okay, so you, you would have gotten that one. Yeah. But if I gave you Fent, Massey Ferguson, and Gleaner, you would say Tractors. And you'd be right in a sense. Um, but because that's the medium level, the answer I was looking for is Eggco owned brands. Haha. <laughs> Except in this game, they will all be hockey related, not farming or music. Do okay. you understand? Yes. Now, okay. to... so do I pick one of do I pick one of each, or I just or you give me a category and then I pick either the easy level or, or sorry easy. No, I'm going to start high. easy and we're going to work our way up just so okay. you get a sense of it. Gotcha. Now, to add more to it, um, easy level. There's only one thing that I'm looking for in common. For the medium level, there's two things that are in common. I will accept either. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the hard level, there are three things in common, one of all of which I will accept. But if you can name all of them in each category, you get a, a bonus point for whatever that means. doesn't really mean anything because this okay. is a game we're doing on our podcast, so it doesn't really matter. But why don't we get things started with the first category, mm-hmm. the easy level. You've got Ryan Smith, Connor McDavid, and Ethan Morrow. What do they all have in common? 
they're all Edmonton Oilers. Okay, a little bit harder than that. Uh, they're all first round picks of the Edmonton Oilers. Something on their jersey. Oh, sorry. Well, but Ryan Smith was never captain for his last game. Oh, f- you fucker! You can't fucking <laughs> so, do that. I mean, I did. I get to make the game. I make the rules. <laughs> so that that's, that was what we were looking that's for. Was pure captain. scumbag behavior. <laughs> Pure scumbag behavior, but it worked. Uh, okay. Anyways, all Oilers. So maybe captains. not, maybe not the easiest one, but we'll yeah. we'll give you medium. I think that you can redeem yourself here. Okay. Zidane Chara, Scott Niedermeyer, and Chris Pronger. Uh, I'm gonna say. Well, they're obviously all defensemen. I'm gonna say they were not from the same draft because uh i they all won the norris and they're all stanley cup champions uh um, you got them you got it 95% of the way there going back to the norris what about the norris would they all have in common they're all left-handed defensemen that won the norris you're way too deep into it but maybe i don't know which handedness they are they all won the norris only once, one time oh, Norris winners. Fuck. Okay, yeah, I should have got that. It's a hard game. It's a hard game. Yeah. Scatter, scatter, scatter is hard. Okay. Um. So that's a perfect segue. Well, into the hardest level of categories because you have Saku Koivu, Henrik Sedin, and Nick Foligno. Oh my god. Three things that they have in common. Okay, Saku Koivu, Henrik Sedin, and Nick Foligno. None of them are centers. Or sorry, two of them are centers. Um, hmm. You're not second round pick. Hmm. Damn, this is going to be difficult. Categories was not made to be easy. Categories was made to be hard. They all played for Canadian teams at some point. That could be. That could be one of them. That's not one of them that I listed. Uh, they were all captains. I know that. Bing. That's one. Okay. All played over a thousand games. Is that one that of could them? be another one. It's not what I have. Okay. Um. Think. Think about who Henrik played with. Oh, they uh, they all have brothers in the NHL. And there's one more thing related to the brother side of it. Did they all play with their brothers? No. No. I think only one of them did. Yeah. It's cheeky. I'll give you that. It's cheeky. Um, man, I, you're you got me pretty stumped here. Koyu. So they're they were all captains of NHL teams. Yeah, they all have a brother in the NHL. Yeah, and they are all the oldest brother. <laughs> That's a little cheeky. It's yeah. cheeky, but it's it's there for you. Yes, because Henrik is the older of the two twins. 
by six minutes i had to fact check it <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah that was that actually yeah that was that's a that's a real brain teaser holy shit i wouldn't want to be on the other end of that like i like being the quiz master of that because i think if it was on the other side like especially you'd be, you'd be your, so mad at me well and your brain too you'd be like and they're all like <laughs> why is my <laughs> voice always this <laughs> I, I don't know and and they're all a uh, golf handicap of five <laughs> or something like that like fuck how, how am i supposed to know <laughs> they all they all never had an xg below 52 <laughs> percent <laughs> exactly I would not know that, but I'm glad that you enjoyed categories, and I look forward to getting the feedback from the folks that listen. And uh, hopefully, it'd be funny if they were playing along and they're pounding the steering wheel like, "What you the fucking idiot!" I always, I see, you know, when I watch them on TikTok, I'm always like, "Oh, that's so obvious!" Like, how is it taking this guy so long? But you don't know what it's like when you got the when you got the headset on. How hard yeah, it is? You, yeah, when you got the when you got the 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 big old black poof in your face. You're trying exactly. to you're, you're trying to talk into the big old black poof. Um, times a ticking. Miles, did I tell you that Taylor got really into Vanderpump Rules? <laughs> um, no, you didn't. Um, fun fact: I went to the Vanderpump Bar in Vegas and Was paid twenty six dollars for a gin cocktail. Was it nice? Uh, it was super nice, super vibey, great drink. But like twenty six bucks for a yeah, drink—that's a, a little insane. Yeah, punch me I, in the back of the head. I saw t- I saw a tweet today that, or uh, it was yesterday. It was like trending. It's like, um, uh, just so you know, uh, uh, an extra uh, ten grand works out to twenty six dollars a day. So think next time before you buy your <laughs> fancy drink. And I'm like, oh no, that hits me in the face. <laughs> it's a little treat. I deserve a treat. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. That's an oopsie daisy. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, she, she got really into Vanderpump Rules. She started watching it on Netflix, and now she has a Hey You subscription. So can you, like, I don't, I know Vanderpump in the sense that, like, they're famous, attractive people. But is the show just that they're famous, attractive people who all sleep with each other? Is that the, like. I th- so, I, okay, this is the description I've got from Taylor. I could be wrong on this, so don't, and nobody, like audit me on this one okay from what i know lisa vanderpump owns a restaurant she taylor's gonna kill me to tell everybody about this lisa vanderpump owns this restaurant i don't i can't remember what it's called and the show is about all these people that work at her restaurant that are all trying to become like actors or influencers or whatever and, and they all bang each other. I guess so. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. Because um, that's where the drama comes in. It's the yeah. relationships. I've popped in, uh, and I I honestly like I like trash TV, but I can only do so much of it. The for me, reality TV basically stop like starts and stops with Love Is Blind and Bar Rescue, and that's about <laughs> it. Other than that, I can't really do anything else. Miles is giving some. It looked like you had a concerned look on your face because you're like, well. I'm a little bit more. I was gonna say, I no, I love trash reality TV. That is my like my sign. I'm not a Virgo. I'm not a Scorpio. I'm a guy <laughs> who likes real, trash reality TV. Yeah. Um, the like, there's a few that I can't do. I've never tried Vanderpump, but I tried Kardashians with my sister once upon a time, and it gave me you know the headache you get in like the back of your skull. Yeah, it yeah. gave me one of those, and I I couldn't do it. So there's. There's a um like a measuring stick for trash reality TV. There's like 
fun trashy which would be like jersey shore there's yeah. like romantic comedy trashy which is like love is blind and oh, perfect so match and too yeah. hot to handle and then there's like sorry for people who like it but like the the pain in the back of your head reality tv and i feel like that that's where vanderpump rules would fall into i i i don't think i could do it no it, it's it's just i only have too much storage available in my brain and i just <laughs> i i can't I, it's like it's like having it, it the, adding another bad reality television show to my to my viewing experience is like when you're taking a picture with burst and you want to keep like that extra couple of frames because you're like oh i got the i got the cool like little i got the cool little like bottle fizz or whatever when you're like trying to pop a bottle of champagne or something like that um that's what it is it's just like the extra useless photo but you think that it looks kind of cool um yeah I, I i can't i cannot watch uh cannot watch vanderpump rules i i i refuse to and i will not I like I told you before we started recording. I've just been rewatching Nathan for you, and that's been that's been enough for me. I crank out an episode of Nathan for you while I'm finishing up with some cardio at the gym. It's nice, subtle flex. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty sick. That is a good way to yeah, good way to spend some time on the team mill. Um, I, we might as we might as well keep the like offensive hot takes rolling because uh, if you've listened to one for one from the first season, you know that. Uh, the bit of the rec laws where, you know, if you find a partner that you love and care for and respect, you're willing to make changes in your life for it. Now, um, I don't know Janelle's opinion of the rec laws, but I can imagine she enjoys them. Um, but the story goes, a friend of ours once said she's hot enough that I would listen to the rec laws for her. And we laughed about that. We joked, talked about how we don't appreciate the rec laws ourselves but they're back on our radar because they are playing a free concert at the briar in regina and i imagine i'll probably be going to that uh begrudgingly um because i'm not a huge rec laws guy and there's a reason for that okay i'm gonna i'm gonna brain i'm gonna big brain here and you can jump in when you feel like it um i like canadian content i like supporting canadian artists and all of that sort of stuff. But I do draw a line uh, and I've picked one, two, three, four, five lines that I have drawn in the sand. And they are five <laughs> lyrics of Rec Laws songs that make me want to drive into the ditch on the Ooh. highway. <laughs> um, first foremost, I'm dangerous. I'm rowdy. If it's redneck, I'm about it. Just premier songwriting. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. Right? Like, are they from Saskatchewan? They're from Ontario. Of course they're from Ontario. Of course, yeah. God damn it. The Dragon's Den of Canada. Fucking Ontario people just ruining everything for us. So here's another one. You guys are making me look bad. (laughs) You'll get, we'll get there. Um, Here's another one. Get some dirt on your boots. Call your mom. Write your friends. Just a down-home lyric, if I've ever read one. Get some dirt on your boots. Call your mom. Write your friends. Why would you write? Why would you write your friends? If I wrote the, a letter to my friends, they'd think it's it's an imposter. They think it's a cry for help. Honestly, yeah, if I exactly. opened up my mailbox <laughs> and I had like a like a handwritten letter from a friend, like dear Miles. Whole ball is well. The last fortnight has been extremely cold. Like I'd be fucking worried, dude. 
Speaking of being worried, um, nothing gets me going in a song quite like uh, premeditated murder. Uh, I ain't ever done time, but I might just kill my boss. It sounds like the Communist Manifesto. Yeah, yeah, dude, take him down right from the top. Um, but that's actually how that song starts. That's a bold way to start a song when you're trying to make it on the radio. Um, the big like eat the rich anthem. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Uh, but this next one is uh, taken out of a page from Rolling Papers by Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> I'm drunk. I'm wasted. I'm high. Hell, I'm faded. That's some Quentin Byfield Q chain vibes right there. Like that's I'm faded. Country song faded is a whole nother level. It's it's not even just I'm faded. It's hell. I'm faded. Hell, I'm faded. Like <laughs> again, if a friend said that to me at the bar, I'd be like, "You gotta go. Get, get an Uber. Go you're, home." You're you're a country artist from Ontario. You should be saying, "Heck, I'm faded." Like, what are we doing here? Amen but, to that. Yeah. Oh, uh, another gosh. one that I another one that I really resonated with. A party ain't a party till you got one. A Friday ain't a Friday till you pop one. Now, I know that this is fifth and we should be ending it with a bang, but like that's an Instagram caption if I ever seen one. Just deplorable. Rockstar behavior. (laughs) Drinking on a Friday. Getting your boots dirty. Having having some redneck fun with your friends. That's down-home country music. Now, I say all of... (laughs) What are the odds that? that what are the odds that your next Instagram caption is uh just a compilation of Reclaw's lyrics all like mushed all together? I'm gonna do it. I think you should do it. And then we're gonna see who the real friends of mine that listen to the show are because they're gonna comment and be like, This is a Reclaw lyric and I'm gonna get exposed immediately. <laughs> so I'm talking a lot of shit about the Reclaws, and I will say, because I have been known to sing along to their songs on the radio. Uh oh um, and yeah, but dude, I, I will say honky tonkin about is a banger, as is eleven beers. Both of those are certified slaps. Never heard either of them. Put them on, honestly. Put them on and t- and tell me that your foot doesn't tap. All right. Okay, I will. Okay. Sure. Okay. And I would like I would like a report. Okay. And for anybody that's listening to this, that is like I'm a really big Reclaws fan. Um, I hope you don't hate us. Yeah, too um, bad. Whatever. <laughs> too bad. So sad. So here, here's my biggest gripe with the Reclaws, and this is what I'm going to end <laughs> it on, and then I will give the floor to you. All of their songs are about, like, getting drunk, partying, and wheeling a chick, or, like, a memory of doing something Reckless. doing something with a significant other, like, yeah. while having some drinks and driving around. Um, makes their songs a lot more questionable when you realize that they're siblings. Because yeah, I would tough. not sing, I would not sing songs about like and harmonize with my sister about a romantic <laughs> evening in the country. Um, I certainly wouldn't try to make a career of it. I wouldn't do it at karaoke. I wouldn't do it, um, you know, anywhere. And I certainly would not want that on the radio of me singing with my sister, like, um, looking up at the stars. Having some beers with you in my arms. Like, just weird. Weird. You And you realize, too, when they perform live, they probably look each other in the eyes while they're singing the songs a couple times. That makes it questionable, yeah. right? Like, you that yeah. got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, that's two minutes um, in the box for that one. Two minutes in the sin bin and a meeting <laughs> with your priest. Um. Okay, so 
after some very hot takes about social media and music, I think it's only fair that we prove we're not perfect and say um, something that you're embarrassed about musically. Like, what what's I'm an artist? With... So here's here's the problem, Merles, is I am pretty open about what I listen to. Um, I don't really show a lot of shame. Um, there's one what, artist. Like, what's I'm... like a guilt? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, if there's one artist I'm ashamed to listen to right now, it's probably Kanye West. (laughs) Probably a bad idea to listen to Vultures right now, but there's a couple of pretty decent tracks on Vultures, and I hate to to admit it. Um, But um, no, so a guilty pleasure song. Or like guilty pleasure artist. Yeah, like there's there's a couple that I, like I, I, that maybe I would think I like ironically, but I, I, I actually quite enjoy them. Like, I think, um, I, I don't know why. And I know that he's not very good of a country artist, but I, I do quite like Brett Eldridge for some reason. I think he's actually, oh, dude, pretty... Brett Eldridge is sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, um, uh, I'm I'm not a I'm not a, I'm I'm not, I'm not a big flag line guy, but man, if fucking dirt comes on, I'm cranking that song. I think it's oh, I so did. good. Um, I did not expect to hear Florida Georgia Line shorthanded to flag <laughs> flag line. Flag line. Uh, Florida Georgia Line is sick, so I don't know what you're getting. Okay, at there. this Florida this Georgia is my point. Is star. is I'm not is I'm not really like all that. Um, I don't know, man. I don't really like. It, like I I can't I can't bear to listen to like because like it, it's either I like something or I don't like something I'm pretty open about liking stuff and not liking stuff like I fucking hate artists like um I can't stand artists like NF or like AJR those like awful like pop but also like hip hop like oh here's a good guilty pleasure artist I think I've I think I've brought it up before I genuinely think. The, uh, I, I like genuinely believe the first album by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis is really fucking good. I think the heist is a really good album. You're just a white guy though. I know, but I'm just saying like in, in like 2024, it's probably pretty embarrassing to enjoy a Macklemore song, but I think that first album is actually quite good. It, it's somehow teeters the line of like white guy rapping but also not like like pretty corny but not corny to the point at where i feel like i have a fucking ulcer coming on know what i mean you know what i mean a little bit um where i was gonna go with this um for myself was um like prepubescent justin bieber i absolutely blare that not a guilty pleasure for me. I will be more than happy to. I'll be, I because when you asked me about guilty pleasures in music, I was gonna be like, uh, if I was an NHL player, I'd go, oh, Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, like I, I, man, baby, still fucking cranks. Yeah, dude. Like one time, somebody to love, all on the workout playlist, all go extremely hard. So if you um don't like the Reclaws takes. I raise you that, that yeah. I'm a Bieber stan. Yeah, well, it's uh, <laughs> sorry, people, but uh, Bieber's got a little bit of drip to him too. Did you see some of those fits from the All Star game? The big red jacket was like, there's six people in the world that could pull that off, and Justin <laughs> Bieber is not one of them. 
is not one of them. Is not one of them. That was a bad look. That was ridiculous. Who who, are, see... who are who are one of the six people that could pull it off? Um, Diplo, Diplo could do that. Oh, Diplo okay. has a level of spice to him. Okay. Um, a nineteen seventies New York pimp. Oh. What Anyone. About, what about the dude? What about the dude from uh? What about the dude from uh? Laney that you stand so much. Um. No, Paul. Paul couldn't do that. <laughs> He doesn't have the frame basis. for it. Yeah, no, we are. Yeah, inst- instant DMs and whatnot. No, he doesn't have the frame for it. Um, yeah, that that requires like John Mayer could do it. <laughs> I think John Mayer could do it because <laughs> that requires a level of like self lack of self awareness that I don't think the Beebs has. Do you think I could do it? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> do you know who Ken does it and does it on Twitter? Who? Elliot Friedman. Oh man. Look at his profile picture. It's him. It's his head on Bieber wearing that jacket. It's fucking actually. Have, have, have I ever brought up my my one of my least favorite Instagram posts? And I don't understand why it makes me so annoyed, but it just it just does. It's just really funny to look back at it. And everybody I send it to, they always laugh they usually laugh at it because it's just so dumb. Um it was it's a it's a Instagram post from like probably three or four years ago. No, it's probably from like more like five years ago. And it was right when like the fucking Joker movie came out and, uh, uh, Elliot Friedman takes a picture of Stefan Diggs's cleats that have the, the, the new like Joaquin Phoenix Joker on them. And he says, and he writes, um, his caption is, uh, Stefan Diggs, Heath Ledger, Joker cleats outstanding. And everyone's like, (laughs) and everyone's like, that's Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, and then he said, and then he replies back saying, uh, "David and a- David Amber and I were debating this, and we settled on Ledger." It's like it's so clearly the Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix Joker, but it's just like the dumbest thing to get annoyed by. And then the other part with this Instagram is like the amount of times he posts pictures of his wife and he usually says something self-deprecating. He's like, I can't believe she married a schlub like me or some shit. He's just so mean to himself. I love Elliot Friedman. Yeah, he kind of rocks. For the, for the deprecation, like when his hair is a disaster and he's like, I don't care. Yeah, I love, when he, I love when he grew out his beard and his hair just looked like a mess and he looked like a complete catastrophe. COVID Friedman was a different beast. Oh, yeah, that's that's that was the best. I uh, I, I kind of missed that. But um, I love that we were able to that we were able to incorporate a little all star discussion because we never really got to have a post all star uh, like a post all star conversation. Yeah, we just kind of missed it. Uh, yeah, um, but did. an all star that an all star that we do get to talk about. Uh oh, <laughs> yikes! That's a segue. That's a hell of moving a segue. into moving into NHL shit. Morgan Riley got five games for cross checking Ridley Gregg in the head after Greg <laughs> went clap mode at the hash marks into an empty net in a battle of Ontario. Um, your thoughts quickly. Um, I don't know why I said quickly, like I'm, okay, first and foremost, rock star move by Ridley Gregg so cool <laughs> it's so cool so we we watched that game live and uh two of the people in the room were uh our leaf fans but uh mason tells me that he's actually more interested in watching the oilers so shout out sh- shout out mason um, good boy good good boy um but we watched we 
I watched Ridley Gregg take a fucking shit bomb from eight feet out, and I went, yes, let's go! And uh, and then when I saw him get absolutely cooked by Morgan Riley, I'm like, man, that's that's a that's that sucks. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird conversation because you've got two lines of thinking. You've got Sens fans and boy, I haven't went off on Sens fans yet. I might save that for next episode because boy, Sens fans need to get a spanking on the bum because there's some some truly manic. Uh, uh, sends fans behavior uh, going on on social media, uh, but <laughs> but um, man, you've got sends fans on one side that are like Morgan Riley should be in prison for what he did, and it's like uh, let's let's relax. You guys employed Zen and Kanopka for like five years, um, and then you've got Lee fans on the other side that are like. Uh, what Ridley Gregg did was so disrespectful to the National Hockey League. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Like, he, the guy had a little bit of fun, whatever. Who gives a shit? Um, a little bit of an overreaction by Morgan Riley to cross-check the guy to the face. Um, but it's also, to the whole, like, you know, when you do something like that, unfortunately, you are, you should expect to get some sort of retaliation because, well, NHL players are, kind of a little thin-skinned um which is really funny because it's the self-proclaimed toughest toughest sport in the world but uh yet a lot of the guys don't want to get their fifis hurt um so that's that that's funny um i think though miles my favorite and i will i will flip this back around to what you thought uh my favorite piece of this whole thing is ryan reeves and we'll get to that miles what were what were your thoughts on the situation there's nothing quite like pumping one into the back of the net from the hash marks with a slap shot against a rival. <laughs> um, sh- simply a chef's kiss of behavior from Ridley Gregg, especially being like a young guy. That's yeah. cool. Make it a name for yourself. Um, make Stand up for your team. Stand up for your, uh, you know, your organization. Don't cross like a guy in the face at the end of a game that you got toasted in. Yeah. Um, definitely both a little bit in the wrong, but Ryan Reeves making it about himself and talking about how sick he is was nauseating. Fuck it, Ryan Reeves, respectfully. Dude, Ryan Reeves is the he's the epitome of um <laughs> shirt off dad in the garage. No, no, this is actually be a, this is actually be a really funny uh this actually okay, this is a, sounds a little problematic and I don't mean it to sound problematic, but just just Uh-oh. hear me out here. This was a th- do, do you remember that story of Mark Wahlberg and what Mark Wahlberg said? You know, Mark I have Wahlberg no is, idea right? what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, so Mark Wahlberg had this whole thing where he said that um, if he was, this is going to sound really bad. I'm trying not to equate it, but just hear me out here because it's fucked. Um, Mark Wahlberg basically said that uh, if he was on one of the planes on September 11th, that wouldn't oh, have happened. Yeah. That type of shit. And it's like. Ryan Reeves doing the like woulda coulda bullshit and uh it's like it's also kind of like the Justin Herbert hypothetical argument is like if Justin Herbert was this good or if Justin Herbert had this he would be x and that's basically Ryan Reeves whole thing in a nutshell is like oh if I was there I would have fucking beat the shit out of him it's like well you were on the ice but um nothing happened no it, it wasn't um if I was there it was like when I started in the league no, I, I know, but he has that energy, though, to him as the whole, like, if I was there sort of energy. But, yeah, I, I know what you mean, though, is, like, he was trying to do the whole, like, when I was in the league. It's like, dog, you entered the league when the league was already starting to turn into a much faster, like, more skill-based league. Like, what are you talking about? So, 
Anyways, Ryan Reeves making it about himself is very funny stuff. Speaking of making it about yourself. Yeah. Yarmo Kekalainen fired. Did I do that right? Yeah, you did. You crushed it. Yarmo Kekalainen, two times, boy, fired in Columbus. Uh, he was hired in 2013. Uh, Yarmo had a 40-10, sorry, 4-10, 362 and 97 record in his helm as general manager. Uh, under him, the Blue Jackets made the playoffs five times and had their four highest win percentages in a season in that time. So not to say, um, you know, he lost his job because of like lack of production. He was a very good GM for a really long time. He's got a shitload of prospects fired up on that team for whoever takes over. Uh, it's an unfortunate end to a to a good career for him there, and I think somebody's going to be pretty lucky to have him as a GM for whatever reason. Just couldn't couldn't put it together, but hard to do in Columbus either way. Um, I think it was just only a matter of time for Yarmo Kekalainen, and it just it felt like year in year out they the team hadn't seen much hadn't seen much uh, much success really since I think they beat well when they beat the Leafs in that sort of qualifying round during the um when this when the uh, season shut down by the way it's three two blues um and uh, yeah just just unreal connor is very upset right now um anyways it it just i feel like this team despite having a lot of high picks uh, sound familiar uh can't quite turn that into like like foundational success if that makes sense um mm-hmm. It feels like too often, more than too often than not, is like they were coasting off of not coasting, but they were making the playoffs off of like the John Tortorella effect, which is like we'll make you play really hard and we'll sort of grind you down. Um, but we're not, we don't have the skill to sort of become one of those true blue Stanley Cup contenders. And, um, Man, it's it's I I I really like the prospect pool in Columbus. It's just about whether or not that next general manager can come in and and just crush it because they've got all the pieces there. It's just a matter of if you can put it all together and 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 lead this team to major success. So, um, yeah, I think Kekline will end up getting a job. But I mean, hiring Mike Babcock was a and that whole thing happening and that whole fallout from that probably should have got him fired right then and there, but um, he somehow made it this far. So um, good luck to him. I don't know. Hard to do it in Columbus too. Tough market. Yeah, yeah it is. It's true. Speaking of tough markets. Oh, I fucking hate this team. What the fuck <laughs> is up in Phoenix? Long story short, Yotes are trying to buy 100 acres of land undeveloped northwest of Scottsdale. There's an auction for the land expected March 14th, so a long time from now. Uh, as mentioned, totally undeveloped, no sewage lines, no power. Uh, what a clusterfuck. Might be time to ring up the Mormons in Salt Lake City. Ding, ding, ding. Hello. We need to move the team here. I... I- I just want to be done with Arizona. I'm so Miles, I don't know about you, but I'm so sick of of seeing tweets from insiders in Arizona being like the city is going to have another vote. Uh the team is submitting plans for a new arena. Just stop. Just stop. Did you see Marty Walsh's quote from no. All-Star weekend? He torched the Arizona Coyotes. He basically called them like what did he say? He's like um uh, no professional hockey team should run like how they've been running. They've just been giving us, we've been giving them deadlines and they just haven't listened. Like, 
players are sick of this whole bullshit. Like, and I'm sure the owners are starting to get sick of it too. I just, I want to be done with it. Like, I want Arizona to, or I want hockey in Arizona to succeed, but I'm sick of this, this Arizona Coyotes will they won't they bullshit. I just, I don't, I want to be done with it. Just move the team to Salt Lake. Forget about it. Call it a day. Yeah, there's got to be an end to it. Um, yeah. And from the owner's perspective too, I, I can't imagine that they're happy with the lack of revenue that they're making, like selling 5,000 seats for 42 games or 41 games a year. Like it's an embarrassment. No. Yeah. Like who don't they have less seats than like the brand center? Mm, no, they'd have, well, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how much the brand holds, but either way, dude, it's just, it doesn't look like we're anywhere near the end of it. Um, but Phoenix fun city to go to, um, it's always more fun when you can go to a hockey game. So if they can't, they better get it figured out soon. Um, cause be- either that or we got a new G or, um, new commissioner. Cause there's no way it's ever going to move with Batman in the office. Uh, brand center holds 6,000 people. So congratulations city Regina. You hold more than the Arizona coyotes. Brand center is a barn. Yeah. It's sick. Shout out. Used to work there. Um, anyways, Speaking of sick. Yeah. Dude, Jake Wallman. That's unreal. Grittied on the Canucks after he scored the shootout winner the other day. Um, Miles wrote this, but uh, he says, uh, yeah. Miles, actually, why don't, why, don't, why don't you ask the question? So I, I wrote this, like Jake Wallman grittying on the Canucks corpse after he beat them. Sick. So rock star. Very cool. I love it. I watched it 16 times. Might watch it another 16 tonight. But am I a hypocrite for loving this? But would have had a Menti B if Mitch Marner did it? No, because M- Mitch Marner's whole personality is grittying. Like, and I guess. Yeah, uh, I think Jake Wallman does it for celebration more than anything, and it's it's really cool, and Jake Wallman backs it up with his performance on the like lively Detroit Red Wings, and I'm, I'm he's okay with He's a D-man that. too, hey? Yeah, he's sick, yeah. That's crazy that he's out here potting him. Uh, and grinning as a defenseman. Um, so build on to this. That was last week. The Canucks and Red Wings are playing tonight, mm-hmm. and the NHL told them both teams don't gritty. That's so good. this is the world we live in. That the I NHL outlawed grittying. I hate this league. Fuck, dude, it's they, brutal. They make it so hard to cheer for hockey right now, man. Like it's so annoying. I I just I I can't deal with it. Um, by the way, um. The do you know the Jake Wallman trade and how he became a Detroit Red Wing? I do not, but I feel like you're gonna tell me. Very funny. Uh on March twenty first, twenty twenty two, the uh Wallman was traded to the Detroit Red Wings, uh, along with Oscar Sundquist from the Blues, uh, and a second round pick in exchange for Nick Letty. <laughs> And Luke Witowski. Oh. Uh so uh I believe Nick Letty is still a St. Louis Blue, but uh, Nick Letty kinda stinks. Um and Jake Wallman is really good. So tough beat for St. Louis. Not Anyways. looking like a great trade for El Bluzo. Oh, speaking of trades, Miles. Since, uh-huh. we, last, since we last recorded, uh the Jets made a little bit of a trade. Trading a twenty twenty four first round pick for Sean Monahan from the Montreal Canadiens. Uh this comes after the Habs acquired him two seasons ago with not four, with a first round pick from the Calgary Flames to dump his contract. This was coming off the heels of the uh off of the uh Matthew Kachuk trade, in which they were looking to get a little bit of extra money so that they could re-sign uh their 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 two new stars in uh 
Mackenzie Weger and uh, Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, the, I mean, dude, this is like an, an absolute aces move by the Habs. Like getting a getting a first rounder to actually take on the player and then flipping him for a first round pick is insanely good. I love to see that. Um, and uh, I'm really happy the Oilers didn't make a move on this because uh, right now he's got zero points in four games with the Winnipeg Jets. I think uh, more than anything, he was kind of a guy taking advantage of some uh, of some juicy ice time, taking advantage of a first unit power play, and that was about it. So um, yeah, I good for Sean Monahan getting traded to a contender, but uh, I, I I don't really like this trade for the Jets, but I really like it for the Habs. Really good asset management by them, but as good as you can get. Oh, such a W for the Canadian to be able to like. Oh, fleecing. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Makes you th- makes you think about what uh, what she said though. Going back to the connect me thing, if Sean Monahan is worth a first, what I... is a connect me worth? No, I I know. And what I find craziest about this is that they didn't even get him with any like retention. They took him at like full freight, which um, the Habs re-signed him last year, and it was at two point two point one five million or something like that. So like they, they like they took on us full freight. So that's basically their like their big deadline move. So uh, that's that's an insane trade for the Habs, and they still have all these retention spots that they can use up later on. So uh, good for them. Uh, and yeah, I mean, who knows what the connecting thing? Maybe Philly rec- or maybe Philly values uh, Xavier Borgo a little bit more. I don't know. Danny Breer is probably much smarter than that, but who 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 knows? Um, so hold one, hold the phone. Yes. Um, this is fresh off the Twitter mm-hmm. um, in our friend group chat here because Ramus Winston, obviously big flyers guy. Yeah. Um, uh, Sean Couturier named captain <clears throat> flyers lose his first game as captain. And he had to be helped off the ice today in practice. Oh my God. That's so, so bad. That might put an end to the connection. talk immediately. <laughs> Or maybe they'll move them because they're going to be missing a big piece. And uh, it's an excuse to be fire bad. Sale. There you go. I mean, it really all depends if Travis Connecting wants to go back to Philly or Travis. Maybe you want to come to the Edmonton Oilers. You know, wouldn't be a bad idea. I believe he's from Alberta. Isn't he from Alberta? I think he might be. We'd love him either way. He'd be perfect. Know. He'd be a very good Oiler. Think about how much of an asshole team they'd be. If they had oh, Connect Me Kane and Corey Perry. Oh my God, that'd be so. Just be, to be saying mean, they'd be saying mean stuff to people. Um, Left, right, and center, dog. It'd also be another player of the the vaunted 2015 or NHL draft class uh, that would be mm. a, a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Man, that draft class is looking nuts now. It's got speaking of looking nuts. Yeah, that's all. Oh, no, absolutely nutty. Yeah, speaking of looking nuts. Todd McClellan also getting fired. We mentioned this earlier when we were talking about LA, uh, but uh, big old Todd. Finished his tenure uh, with a 164, 130, 44, uh, 130 and 44 record. Uh, however, his silver losers went 3 8 and 6 in their last 17 games, which meant the end of his tenure as King's head coach. Uh, Rob Blake, maybe next up on the docket if, uh, they, don't, uh, if they don't get a little bit better. Uh, who knows? Matt Roy, an Edmonton Oiler. Hey, yo. That's honestly, Miles, that is my dream is the Los Angeles Kings fall out of playoff contention 
and they decide they want to move Matt Roy. That is like the perfect player to play with Darnell Nurse. Like that would be hey, so sick. As long as it's not Mikey Anderson, because I think even if Mikey Anderson ever became an Oiler and was like a top pairing guy, whatever, I still wouldn't be able to cheer for him. I hate that man. Matt Roy currently has 15 points in 49 games. Is a plus eight, uh, averages 20.53 minutes per game. And over the last little while, he's been playing like 25 minutes a night, and he's been unreal. Uh, in the game against the Oilers, he had one assist and uh, played 24-51. So guy can uh, eat some minutes and also bl- bl- blocks a lot of shots. Would you consider him to be a rock star? I don't know. Do you have a rock star that you might want to talk about? Well, I, it's been said a couple of times in this show, um, you know, from grittying to Matt Ra- Matt Waugh, um, all the way back up to uh, pumping Rip- the net. Uh, yeah, Rip- uh, Ridley yeah. Gregg. Yeah. I mean, we've said rock star a few times today, and, and rock star is a word that's really being thrown around a lot recently. And it's it's important that we hold that to account and take a look at somebody who is living up to the title of a rock star. And this week's rock star of the week is an interesting one. Uh, Nolan, if we're guilty of anything on this show, it's that we may resort to using colorful language as a filler or to prove a point. Yep. Yes, swearing is a very popular thing among the youth of today and even among hockey podcasters who are not so young. But what if I told you that swearing had taken over a zoo? Excuse me? The Lincolnshire Wildlife Park in England is feeling it right now as a gaggle of African gray parrots, Billy, Elise, Eric, Jade, and Tyson, made headlines around the world when BBC reporter Steve Nichols was doing a promo piece on the park. He just happened to be in front of the bird's enclosure, and they absolutely let him have it. All while being live on air. It has prompted the zoo to put up an explicit sign at the bird's cage. They've even moved them twice previously uh, to a less busy portion of the park. That's why he was doing the piece in front of that enclosure because it's a quieter part of the park. So they weren't going to get uh, weren't going to get stopped. Um, but these birds just don't want to stop swearing. Uh, they were donated to the zoo early during the pandemic, probably because of their foul mouths. Um Loki looking up flights to England to see this week's rock star group of Billy, Elise, Eric, Jade, and Tyson, the swearing parrots. You are the rock stars of the week. They have they have the funniest names and the fact that they're just Isn't like standard funny, standard issue human names. <laughs> Billy, Elise, Eric, Jade, and I think Tyson is my favorite. Tyson the parrot. I think Eric is really funny because it's just such Fuck. a Yeah, it's just like, Eric is just such a like um you know he probably just graduated he probably just graduated with like an engineering degree he's like <laughs> yeah, I'm just a good guy but yeah parents, he's just dude. going you fucking piece of shit if you look it up it's it's really funny the the British swearing parrots I watched it at work today sorry and I was like <laughs> it's funny do, made me laugh they, swearing ha- birds do they have British accents no <laughs> no body a little bit of scran <laughs> what are you doing there darling cooking a little bit of nosh you want me to fuck off to the booze huh one little toby <laughs> yes i'm so glad you knew it there's only one little toby, <laughs> toby. One, little toby. one little toby for the lads 
Have you seen his new one where he's um gets married and he's only talking in a Borat voice to his wife? <laughs> no, I haven't. Really funny. He's like she's on her like her MacBook and he's like, What is this? Is that the dog? <laughs> it was a clock radio. <laughs> did I ever tell you that I dressed up as Borat? Did I ever tell you that I dressed up as Borat for Halloween in grade eight? That's a sweet grade eight costume. Yeah. And <laughs> The fact your parents let you dress up as Borat, the fact they let you watch Borat. Dude, I've been seeing some pretty fucked up shit for a number of years. Um, You know the the scene where he sings the Kazakhstan National Anthem at the rodeo? Yes, all other countries have inferior potassium. Yeah, Yeah, I I sang that during O Canada. Oh my god. (laughs) For the truth. With my mustache on. (laughs) <laughs> Nolan Rath. Borat, Borat. Oh my god, there's some there's some funny ass shit in that movie. Oh my god, I have to rewatch it. I remember I rewatched it right around when the sequel came out when they put that one on Prime. And uh oh my god, I I I watched it with I watched it with Taylor sitting beside me and she was so just taken back by how much she did not like it um but uh, it's boy it's boy, boy it's funny. such boy fun it's so boy funny but it's oh my god it's the scene where they're like the scene where they're fighting in the hotel room and they've got like sasha baron cohen's fucking <laughs> dick yeah. black boxes <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my god I... what a funny movie oh goodness gracious um Miles, speaking of which, uh, this week uh, is looking like a pretty goodness gracious time because the Blues are currently still up 3-2 over the Oilers. But, Miles, shots are 27-18. to 18. That's good. Mm-hmm. Do, you wanna, do, do you want me to check out to see how the uh, deserved winometer looks? Well, uh, well yeah, go, go for it. Because, you know, we love to deserve oh, a win. Uh 4-2 now, apparently, according to Money Puck. Thanks, Money Puck. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, uh, deserve to win. Oh, uh, the Oilers uh, with a sixty-nine point two percent. Oh, that's nice. Um, that's great. That's that's just that's just great stuff. Um, well, they still got a whole period to play. We're not things are going yet. fun. I'm having fun. Um, so we got the Blues tonight. They're in St. Louis, February fifteenth. Then they go to Dallas, February seventeenth, and then they are in the Mullet Arena of Arizona, February nineteenth. Um, yeah, they're gonna be on the road for the next little while here. So hopefully they're able to, you know, string together another little win streak. Um, obviously things are not as dire as they were previously. Looks like playoffs are within reach, but we don't feel good until we have the X by the name and they're certainly not happy just finishing third. So here's hoping the Oilers can clean it up, win tonight and keep things rolling, getting more W's, eating them W's, crab legs like Jameis. They need to get their penalty kill in order. Like it was looking really good for a little bit, and it's looked like uh dog shit the last little bit. Um, we'll call it a stumble because it's looked really good since Knob came in. It has. I'm just saying we'll call the it last like probably four or five games has not looked ideal. Um, teams got to get back to their identity. They were they were playing so well. They were playing basically a perfect brand of hockey there for a little bit. Um. I cannot stress enough how important winning against Dallas would be this weekend. That would be a massive game. If you can pull off that win against like a true blue cup contender, that looks good. That makes the boys feel good. It's going to be a, 
it's going to be a fun game to watch. Yeah. And we hope that you enjoy watching these next few Oilers games. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode and that we didn't make a bunch of enemies in the hometown of the Recklaws. But most importantly, and as always, thank you for joining us for the One for One podcast, season number four, episode 16. We love you. We love the Oilers. Go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go.